We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. It's your Tuesday, May 23rd edition. I'm your host, Jake Burns. And listen, I hope you're well. Thanks for joining us. I want to remind you of some things coming up. Uh, I have laid this out a little bit, the framework of it. I'm going to do a weekend mailbag podcast. going to post those on Saturday. If you would like to have any questions answered uh, whenever. I mean, we're gonna, I'm going to do this throughout the dry period of the next two months and probably into training camp as well. If you want any questions answered on the podcast, where I think you can give better answers than the written context stuff that, that comes either DMs or whatever, feel free to submit those throughout the week. And you don't even have to put your name in city like some other people make you uh, do for those to- sorts of questions. So you can Twitter DM, you can inbox me, direct message me on the OBR's website, or uh, shoot me an email at jake at the OBR.com. More than happy to answer any questions. And if you have topic ideas, I'm always open to them. A lot of great podcasts of late have come from you guys sending over either things you're curious about or things you'd be interested in hearing in general or breaking down. Uh, And I think that's, listen, that's what makes this pod, at least the community of it. You guys are so great at that. I think it makes for fun conversation. So I hope you've been enjoying them lately. And I tweeted today about a couple of offensive evolution roundups that I've done with Andrew Spade that we've gone through many different angles of what we think broke in 22, the decisions they made around Deshaun Watson and the scheme late in 22. And then Obviously, what they're doing this offseason, where they're going for 23. So there's just a lot there, and I couldn't do it over one podcast, and I think we covered it really well. So check that out. Today, we're going to have Jared Mueller in. You know him. It's fantastic work. Friend of the pod. It's on every week during the season. Hopefully, we can run that back again uh, next year. But we get a little bit of time from Jared in the offseason when, when, uh, when he can join us, and we were able to link up tonight. Dogs by Nature. Jared Mueller, what's up, buddy? What's happening, Jake? Loving this beautiful weather. And for those that follow me on Twitter, I might actually get a garage built, you know, a month after it was supposed to be built. So, you know, I'm really excited about that. That is exciting to have a new garage. You could, are you going to like make it a functionable space where like, you know, functionable is not a word. Fun, function, functional, functional space, right? Um, Are you going to use it to like park cars? Or are you using it to like, because I walk around my neighborhood here and people use their garage like 
for everything. I mean, these some people have it as like a like an entertainment room, like a third like TV and sofas and all that. What what's the plan here, Jared? The people want to know. I, I think it's gonna be a little bit of. It's not gonna be the entertainment room. There definitely is probably yeah. gonna end up being a pretty big old TV out there. Uh, but it's gonna we're gonna try to convert a van into kind of a camper van style. So that'll be out there. We've got, you know, we're a kayak paddleboard bike kind of uh, family. So we got a lot of that kind of stuff going on. Uh, and then um, the bakery uh, is uh, on a temporary hiatus over the last year or so. So we have a lot of bakery goods as well. So uh, there's a lot to go into that garage. That's why we needed a bigger one. That's why I needed a bigger one. That's going to be, I mean, a, a double decker. Are we talking upstairs down? Like how are we doing the little mother-in-law suite as they call we're that? Gonna, we're going to have a, a storage loft. Oh, uh, okay. it, it is a, it's got 12 feet walls, 30 by 30. Like it's two door, you know, two big doors, all that good stuff. So I feel it's barnish at some level, like it's a big boy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so for That'd now, for now, it's just going to have the storage loft. And then that'll be the base to try to build out that kind of second level uh, that it's allowed for or made for. Well, you guys, uh, you know where to go. If you have garage building questions, Jared is the guy to uh, to find. He has now uh, too much experience, probably more than he wants too much. at this point. So you know who to go to. Jared, listen, we're going to talk about kind of like do a little news roundup. So the first piece of and the most closely tied to the Browns is the Dewan Jones signing. I, I don't know if this is the earliest they've had everybody in a class sign, but it kind of feels like it. So um, we don't get any of the details on, on many of these until far later, but I think there's, uh, it, it was a seamless process this year where I feel like in years past, it's been a little bit more ticky tacky and it's run out into almost run out into June at times. Right. Well, actually, yeah. So interestingly, last year, Cade York didn't sign until the middle of June and Perry on Winfrey was actually in July. Um, and so late July, actually. So you know, I think Jones being last makes some sense, kind of similar to Winfrey. He's a player that was considered a, a fall on draft day. And so, you know, the agent trying to get, you know, whether it's guaranteed this or, you know, years or offset language or whatever, when you have a player that was expected to be a kind of a second round pick, maybe a third round pick falling into the fourth round, there might be a little bit more of negotiations going on there um, from the agent, just trying to make sure, you know, his player gets as much as possible, especially if uh, they're likely to start, you know, year two or three versus a normal fourth round pick who would still maybe be more likely to be a rotational player in year two or three. Overall, really good to just have these taken care of. I mean, I, I, I thought that, that was the case from what I could remember, because now that when you said that, that the Perry on Winfrey one drug into uh, it, it took into July. I remember tweeting, like, it'd be really cool if this guy would sign. And I remember that now <laughs> that those drug on a little bit. So, yeah, overall, good to have those taken care of. You can never have much of a complaint about that, right? And, yeah, and I think the other thing, just overall, you know, the this offseason has, has lacked the drama that it seems like every Browns offseason has had. Um, and so, you know, the, the biggest thing and not to minimize what it is, but, uh, whatever, you know, the pair on Winfrey charge is literally the only kind of drama this off season. Um, and I feel like that's new and I'm not going to knock on wood cause I just don't really believe that matters anyways. Um, but I think it does feel like an off season where things went smoothly and this might be the smallest of things go smoothly, but just overall, it feels like an off season where things just kind of lined up. Uh, fell into place, all of that kind of stuff. 
Indeed. Worked out well. So maybe a, a good focus on football for a change here, uh, jumping into what should be a, a, hopefully, like you said, a seamless, it's not good for content, but, but it's good for in-season content if they're winning ball games, They seem to be sort of pushing in that direction. So, um, well, I hope they're pushing in the direction of winning games. I'm talking about the stuff it takes to actually win them, right? The the, the camaraderie, the team building things that they are clearly all in on. Um, I want to hit on a couple NFL things that came out today. So the third quarterback rule came out, uh, which is a huge, it's really big, especially for the league. I, I mean, not just, we, we always sort of focus on the Browns, but obviously want to talk about why this is important. You know, it's probably called the Brock Purdy rule because of the NFC championship game, as we all know, when they lost Brock and then they lost Josh Johnson and had no third quarterback to go to, and they had to just play Purdy, who's handing the football off uh, with without any threat of throwing it, because I think what he had, he had uh, tore a he ligament tore in his, his shoulder, UCL, or his, UCL. Yeah, his, his yeah. elbow. Yeah, so that is uh, going to be in place now. So what you need to know is this: is you can't play the third quarterback unless the first two get hurt. So like I think some people had kind of tweeted today or come to me because I had said uh, I'll I'll throw these two things at you, Jared. Let you respond. I had said that a part of why I think that they felt even more comfortable taking Dorian Thompson Robinson is because they had to know this was coming. They had to know it was going to be proposed and there was a good chance it was going to go through. And I think at that point, yeah, their plan was pretty clearly to keep him on the active roster all year and not dress him. But if you know, you get the added advantage now of having him there just in case, I think you obviously, uh, you there's, there's something that comes from that. You get him active on the sideline. He's doing all that stuff. I just, I don't think they took him because of this, but I think it's an, a part of why, they felt comfortable doing it because there's advantages to having a third functional quarterback now. And I think that that's a part of what you uh, add into the formula that they obviously love the tape. They love him. They met with him. They spent time with him, all of that. But I do think that's just a little part of why uh, if they were under this crunch of like, well, this guy, you know, may, may not even be on the field for an entire season. Maybe they go in a different direction is kind of what I'm saying, but you can see now how a third quarterback that's actually, somewhat matters is important right so again you can dress them for the game they are not you cannot bring up a guy from the practice squad they have to be on your active 53 so just like last year when kellen mond was was on the 53 man roster but inactive on game day every single week which is a rarity so shout out to him for getting them checks um <laughs> you have to be on the 53 and then you can be active and not count against is it 47 or 46 i can't remember how many it is on game day i think it's 47 uh, you don't count against that number. You're just there. But again, you can't just put them on the field as like a sub package thing. He has to, there has to be like, I think they're going to probably get into some technicalities here with the injury stuff, but they have to be confirmed injuries. The other quarterbacks can't play from what I gather to put them on the field. So there you go. Yeah. It can't be discipline. It can't be performance. It, my guess is, is similar. Like they'll have to go, they'll have to either be in the locker room or have their helmet kind of taken from them kind of deal. Uh, so that they, you know, they're, once they're out, you know, they're out kind of like, you know, I don't remember, you know, major league baseball, or I was thinking little league, once you're done, you know, once you get pulled from the game or pulled from pitching, you can't go back in kind of deal. Indeed. So that's something to note. That could be, like I said, a reason why they felt more comfortable with DTR this early, this, this type of quarterback decision, I think it doesn't hurt. And I think it was a part of the, the, the process that they thought, well, now a third quarterback can matter a little bit more and be an active part of game days. And we think this guy's a part of the now and later. It can make a little bit more yeah. sense. Um, other things that came out from league me, owners meetings. Sorry. Th apparently there are like 75 owners meetings now, but uh, fourth consecutive year that the onside kick alternative rule has been blocked. So um, no pun intended there. Uh, there is um, 
I think the fourth and 20 thing is what teams wanted to do as an alternative. I think the Eagles have kind of led that charge, but uh, there's no, they, that, that didn't even get to a, a vote. So that won't be happening. Um, so let's go through this. Uh, it says among the issues set to be decided um, here in Minnesota at the spring league meeting today and tomorrow. So a new rule that would place kickoff fair catches at the 25 yard line. That's college based, right? I think college does that. You'll yeah, see but those... college does it where you can fair catch like not. Oh yeah. I guess it is fair catch. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It yeah, could be that's... anywhere outside of the end zone. So they're trying to eliminate teams kind of pooching it down to the one, two yard line, right? That they're yep. trying to give an alternative to that more pulling back from kickoffs. Uh, and I, I would be, if it's me, I don't, I'm taking the 25 yard line. If you can fair catch it anywhere inside there, I'm taking it. I'm just, I, I hate getting stuck inside the 25 yard line when you can have that for cheap. Right. So, um, location of the 25 NFL draft we figured out is green Bay. Uh, thoughts on that, Jared. You know, you look at the drafts and whether it's the one in Cleveland, Kansas City, Philadelphia, I forget if those are the only three so far off the top of my head. I'm not confident. So I've never been to Green Bay. I'm not going to speak to it, but I know it's smaller than Dayton. And the way that I've seen it described or heard it described is a lot like Berea. And many of us have been to Berea. It's it's a little football campus, a little college campus, and then a town, right? There's a house here and a house there. It'll be really interesting to see, A, how many people actually travel, how many people from Green Bay, you know, they normally have their 80 to 100,000 people in town for games, but how many more actually want to be there? And then where does this large mass of people, like what is the the gathering grounds, right, for yeah. that process? Again, cold, whatever it is, what it is, football can be a cold experience. I'm just not sure, you know, how do they make it? interesting for from a tv perspective uh induce people to want to travel for that um you know all of those kind of things and then where how do they set up those events is it in lambo right do you do you allow that many people right Right, like and i i just think you know the field and you know the tundra and all that stuff like you know you're gonna have to probably replace that right after the event those kind of things so um i think it's interesting i think it's great that at some level they've decided the draft is doesn't matter really at some level what what your city is will bring it there as long as your city has meaning and value and whatever like you don't have to be warm you don't have to be a destination city for the NFL draft you know and and that's why Cleveland got it even though that I was there for that I covered that draft for the OBR uh and it was rainy and it was kind of miserable you know the draft still was a fun experience for a lot of people so I just I'm really intrigued to see kind of functionally how it happens. And I expect to be up in Detroit uh, this upcoming year to cover the draft. And it'll be interesting. You know, that's more of a downtown. And so maybe, again, not not as many big open areas to have that mass of people. Well said. Next one is the NFL's approved the flex schedule for Thursday night football. So. Your team can be on Thursday night football up to two times. It is a 28-day notice, which is a lot. That's good. I think they, they did right by that. You have to be notified 28 days in advance. To, to That's such a schedule adjustment, I mean, going from Sunday to Thursday. So uh, I'm interested to see how this plays out, but I think the amount of notice is right, but I still hate the amount of games that you can now play two of them on a Thursday, which seems so unfair to some teams, you know, so that's dangerous, but 
Uh, I do like that. But yeah, it looks like we're going to get some flexed late season Thursday night games. I know the Browns and Bears, I think, have a TBD schedule yep. spot. So maybe that's a spot where those two end up playing Thursday night if they're both in decent position at that time. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. Obviously, the 28-day thing helps, but in general, if you are a you know a, a person who really wanted to go to Houston, let's just say that because that's week 16 for the Browns, you know, if that happened, right, if you're like, oh, cool, we get to go to Houston this year, like, let's make that trip, or even really the Bengals, tri- Bengals game, which I don't think can be Thursday Night Football in Week 18, but... Like even that, if you're, you don't have that kind of flexibility with your schedule, I'm not even sure the 28 days thing really works. Um, some people just may not want to do that to take off a Thursday and a Friday if they were planning on kind of doing a weekend. So it'll be interesting, both ticket sales, but also, you know, the hotels and, you know, all of that for those, you know, the last few weeks of the season, do those currently scheduled Thursday games do they, are they kind of not sold as well? And then everything kind of is a last month kind of rush to get there. I don't know. I don't, I don't kind of live in the world where I'm traveling to games for fun and that kind of thing. So um, I'd love to hear from some people who do that. Um, but I, It just feels weird, but they said, you know, that it, it can only be two of the games this year. So it's not going to be, you know, every week. And in the end, they want to make more money. They're a business, right? I should not be surprised when a business does things for business purposes. And that's what the NFL is doing. They want to make Amazon happy. So they're going to make Amazon happy because that's how you make money. So week 13, Cowboys, Seahawks, the two teams that have seemed like they'll be in the thick of things. Week 14, Pittsburgh, New England, mm-hmm. huge market draws for the NFL. Week 15, San Francisco, Seattle. So there's Seattle. I didn't even notice that in the schedule release. Getting two Thursday. They have to be on a bye week 14, right? There's no way. There's no way they could play them on a Thursday. Okay, I don't know. I'm not going to dig deep into Seahawks scheduling, but that's that's crazy. But they are both at home. So if they get, I know, didn't they push now? You could get a week 14 bye. I think you could get a week 14 bye. I by, think you is, can. Yeah, I know that Seattle's schedule that's was. That's so late. That is so With, late. And it's and it they their travel schedule is always crazy just because of Yeah, where they're at in general. Yeah, where they're at in general. But yeah, I mean it's overwhelmingly um a, a real crappy schedule for them. I'm going over to field goals just to kind of check it out. So yeah. yeah, like it's just um it's just sad to see what their schedule can end up looking like and and again, I get it. It's it's for the network. It's not for the fans. But at some level, it is for the common fan. We'd rather we don't want to see. Well, it used to be like Jaguars, Texans, right? It used to be some two kind of terrible teams. So we don't have that. But yeah, so Seattle has Thanksgiving. They have San Francisco. Then they have Thursday night football back to back. So it's the twenty third and the thirtieth. They're back to back. Thursday football because it's Thanksgiving and then Thursday night football because technically the Thanksgiving game is not considered Thursday night football uh, somehow. So, yeah, so technically Seattle could both be flexed off of that Thursday night Dallas game and technically could be flexed for the San Francisco in week 14, um, Philadelphia in week 15, because technically they're only playing Thursday night football once. 
Yikes, man. The, the week 16 schedule is the one uh, on Thursday that looks the most obvious to move. I don't think the Rams or the Saints are going to be very good. So that seems like a very plausible one. And then the Browns, Jets, both boomer bust teams. Those could be, uh, it could be a great game uh, on the 28th. And it's also <laughs> nice to not have to worry about uh, being around New Year's Eve or anything like that. Or, so that yeah, game or Christmas this time. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Okay. Well, that's the Thursday night stuff. So you know your team can be on there twice and weeks 13 through 17 can be flexed. Last little piece of NFL info is Super Bowl 60 is in San Francisco, which I think would be a really cool Super Bowl to be at. Just outdoor West Coast stuff is it's great, man. So uh, anyway, Vegas, you told we were talking about off air Vegas this year. It's like, wasn't there a year where a Raiders, ironically now, but there, there was a year where like the Super Bowl week, the Raiders, I think it was the Gruden mm-hmm. year. That somebody their uh, offensive lineman, their center, basically went MIA the the night before the game. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we could have some guys get lost in the sauce on Vegas. Yeah, I mean, even so, you go focused. You go Vegas to New Orleans back to back years, right? Like New Orleans is maybe a little tamer than it used to be, um, but still, you go Vegas to New Orleans, um, and then out to San Francisco. For me, as a as a fan and and a person that covers the Browns, I'm sitting there looking like, yep, those two, the Las Vegas trip, that's reasonable. New Orleans trip would be reasonable. San Francisco feels like both from an expense perspective and then just even the the extra long flight out there would be a little yeah. bit much to try to yeah. make that trip. So, you know, I'm just hoping the Browns have that their Super Bowl appearance, which I know we're going to talk a little bit about FPI possibly here. Uh, but I'm hoping the next two years, those will be a little bit easier trips for me. Yeah. The next, so they'll win these back-to-back Super Bowls. It'll be close for us. Oh, that'll work. So, that'll work. Listen, we're going to take a break. We're going to come right back, and then we have a little bit of Browns off-season. Uh, I don't know if the the expectations are they're a little all over the place. So we'll be right back. We're going to talk about that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. So the market is still low on the Browns. It feels like the market has gone from years past since like 2019, where it feels like everyone's in on the Browns to this now turning point where it feels like they've gotten a lot of things right in their process. And we're just waiting on the results to catch up. Everyone seems to be from an, uh, now there was a week of last week was the week of national media figuring out like, Oh, they've done a lot of really great things with the roster, but still some of these prediction based things. And we know ESPN's analytics are, they're not in a great spot in public opinion, uh, but the FBI, their football power index came out with some information on um, their upcoming season, what they think. I think the Browns are like 17th is what they were listed at. So um, nine and eight prediction third in the AFC North finish 14% chance of winning the division, a two and a half percent chance of winning the AFC and a 1.2% chance to win the Super Bowl. That all seems pretty low. And I almost feel like the analytics are even saying, go out and prove it, which is what everybody's kind of saying, but it feels like they're saying, prove it. Are people too low, Jared? Like, what do you, what do you think of these things? I, I don't, I mean, again, FPI and ESPN is, it's not in a great place. I think they've been the the wrong end of some jokes lately. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, the, the two things I put in, in the article up on dogs by nature, um, ESPN's analytics said that Will Levis had less than a 0.1% chance of not being picked in the first round. He was picked in the second round. And then um, the Miami Heat had a 3% chance of making the NBA finals. For those of you who don't follow the NBA, the Miami Heat are up 3-0 on the Boston Celtics. So the Browns have a similar chance to make the Super Bowl, according to ESPN's analytics, as the Miami Heat did of making the NBA Finals. Totally different time of the year. But I think it actually makes sense. In a lot of ways, you know, Baker and Kevin Savansky in 2020 made the playoffs. So all of a sudden the hype train kind of lifts. You know, Baker and OBJ and Jarvis Landry a couple years ago before that, you know, the the hype train kind of lifts. And right now, everything they're doing doesn't really matter unless Deshaun Watson is good, right? If Deshaun Watson looks like he did the last six games of last year, at best, nine and eight, eight and nine, they're somewhere going to be in that range, really in the NFL today, no matter what else happens on the roster. And so it does make sense to kind of have a, a prove it kind of mentality. I will say based on uh, the betting market, ESPN is much lower on the Browns than the general betting market, but that makes sense. The betting market is a little bit more, uh, they smooth the odds a little bit because obviously they're not going to risk, you know, the same way you would just by putting out kind of numbers. Um, but the betting market is a little higher on the Browns. Uh, overall chances 
but still is seen as a eight, nine, 10 win team. And we know they've got talent. They've got a lot of players that make a lot of sense. I just think there's so many unknowns. Jim Schwartz, um, you know, he is, he is glorified from his, his, his Eagles days. Uh, but that hasn't always, you know, he hasn't been a, a perfect defensive coordinator for sure. Uh, and then obviously Watson and, and all the struggles he had last year, just they, they start to shine a light on some of the struggles in Houston. Uh, and then, so it just kind of leaves all these questions. So I get it. Um, but I'll take the same odds. The Miami heat had to, to make the finals for the Browns to make the super bowl. I'm good with that. The only other thing I noticed today, or it came out maybe over the weekend breakout candidates from pro football focus. And, and they yeah. listed Martin Emerson as a breakout candidate. I kind of feel like, I feel like he already broke out. Like I feel like his rookie, I think he would be for me a leading candidate of coming back like a regression season. Uh, mm-hmm. That's, that's my hunt. I don't, I don't really see him as the biggest breakout candidate. Who would you say, or like, you're just thinking offhand who like breakout candidates, who would you go to just first name that comes to mind for you? It's gotta be Elijah Moore, right? Like wide receiver, fast, quick, Brandon cooks ish, a little smaller, obviously like he just makes a lot of sense and he would be breaking out from playing with Zach Wilson. Right. So if he even has like kind of a good year uh, with Cleveland, then that's kind of a breakout for him. And I think on the other side, it's Grant Delpit, you know, to actually have a decent center fielder type uh, split safety with Juan Thornhill. I think that can just put him in a better position to make some plays uh, and anything's better than what Joe Woods was doing overall for that defense. So those are a couple guys. I agree with you. Like Martin Emerson, my worry is that I know teams have tape on, on him now, but I also think referees have tape on him and I think he got a, I don't know how, but I think he got away with a lot more last year than a rookie normally does. And that might lead to a little bit more grabby, a little bit more physicality that the refs tend to not really like. So uh, that's another piece that I'm a little worried about his regression. So I, yeah, I would, I would actually say Greg Newsom's a bigger breakout candidate in that secondary than he is. And I also don't know, like, are we sure that Martin Emerson's like going to start outside? I mean, I think we think, but I just feel like that is not the, I, I think that other than Elijah Moore, which is a fair, a fair hunch. I think JOK is right there. Like I think Ooh. he, if he's healthy and they actually improved this defensive line pass rush and players in front of him, the way we believe they have, he stays clean more often than he has on run stuff. He's less worried about run game working to, to drops and coverage they get a little aggressive with him and let him play some man-to-man on tight ends, bring him in some fun, funky blitz stuff. He kind of screams a breakout candidate to me coming off of a really fantastic rookie year, a down year, second year, where the clearly the guys in front of him were atrocious and he had a little injury issue stuff going on. That's the only other guy I would throw it out. Last that's little a, piece here is I'm finding things. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, that's a to great to. call, you know, given – those those two those defensive tackles added the defensive lineman added like that's an that's a great call Jake, especially if they add another like a three tech that we think that they're going to go out and maybe eventually sign too. It just is it should be <laughs> night and day different for them. So, um, the splits under Kevin Stefanski home and away, seven mm. and two at home, mm. two and seven on the road. Any thought to that? Uh, this is I should say this is AFC North. This is his career yeah. in the AFC North. So seven and two. Uh, at home against the AFC North two and seven on the road. Uh, I don't, I don't, it, I, I think I noticed that like they've played the division much better at home than on the road, but I would probably attribute it to just this divisions 
a bitch in general. Like, I, I mean, I don't know that I get too deep into the weeds of them not being able to handle road games and all that comes with it quite yet, but it is interesting, My, uh, man. That is, that is a, that is a steep difference between those two. I think the only thing I can think of is in general, the Browns have been young and yeah, that's even fair. like, listen for all, this isn't about good or bad Baker, but that chip on the shoulder thing and that them against us kind of thing. Like, I just don't think that plays real well in the NFL, like as a uh, general thing, day to day game to game, it might work every once in a while. I do think he got a little too hype for some of these games uh, against the AFC North. Um, and so that, that could play a little bit of the role um, beyond that. I just think they're a young, they're a young team. They're they're They've gone through a lot of transition. Now they're finally in year four with Stefanski you know, the, the Bengals, Zach Taylor's not been around that long, but in Pittsburgh and Baltimore, they are established. They know what they're doing. They bring it every single week, all of that, especially at home. Really, those veteran teams really do get that kind of three-point advantage. And I think that probably is the biggest thing we can take away from it is they just need a culture. They need an identity. They need to, they need the cohesion. They need all of that, which only comes really with time and and being established together with it. Good call. Good stuff overall, Jared. We appreciate your time, man. And, uh, you know, whenever we get to yuck it up on anything, uh, Browns or the NFL wide, we always appreciate your pers- uh, perspective, dude. Thanks, man. Absolutely, brother. And again, got any garage questions and how to tear one down, how to get one built and get your building permit into your city as soon as possible and maybe grease the wheels with some cookies or something. Uh, that, those would be my suggestions. I love it. He's the guy to call. You know him, the Garage Man. Or you can check out the Garage Beers podcast. But those guys just get drunk and they don't they don't do anything with Garage. So they drink anyway, some really funky stuff. They do, they do. So you know you can learn something about alcohol, beer, particularly from those fellas. Shout out to Mike. Guys, we're out of here. This is a fun show. Thanks for stopping by. Review, rate the pod, help people find it. That makes a big difference. Thanks for doing that. A lot of you have also submit those questions for the weekend mailbag. Get those in as quick as you can. Thanks to Jared for being here. Appreciate you guys for being here on a Tuesday. Have a fantastic day. Good luck.